Welcome to the Beehive Live. We're told we're live. Uh, my name is Clint Betts. Meg Walter is here. Meg, how are you? I am okay. Clint, how are you? I feel wonderful. Um, I'm heading up into the mountains, which is why I have this camo hat on. Once we're done here, I'm out of here. I'm socially distancing. What about our team meeting? Yeah, after that, actually. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I have to stick around longer. Shoot. Hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it was your calendar invite. Um, Clint, people are scrambling. People I know. Uh, parents, teachers. You know, it felt like we were just kind of in like a summer reprieve. Right? Like, we didn't really have to worry about the online learning. Sure, COVID cases have been rising, but we can, like, make decisions for our family, stay inside as much as we need to, wear masks everywhere. And then it kind of seemed to hit everyone in the state all at once that school starts in just over a month from now. Uh, and we're in the middle of an explosion of COVID-19 cases. There doesn't seem to really be a cohesive plan for students returning to schools. Parents are panicked that their kids are going to be home with them all day. Teachers are panicked that they are not going to be able to keep themselves or the kids they teach safe. It's a little bit of a mess. Yeah. Life is bleak. Um, there's not a lot of hope for yep. uh, anyone. And eventually we will all die. But um, it seems like that is accelerating. Sure does. So my friend who is a teacher in the state, she got the plan from her school district. And the plan said that masks for students would not be mandatory. And she felt pretty panicked about that. The governor did come out and say that masks would be mandatory for everyone in schools. Um, as you can imagine, there are people who are upset by that. Um, there is a Utah County commissioner who is now asking the governor to make a compassionate exemption for all Utah County schools. Now, Clint, you've done this once before, but I'm going to need you to do it again. And that is explain what the hell a county commissioner is and what they do. Yeah, I'm happy to. Uh, let me tell you, Salt Lake City folks, including you, Meg, Those my co-host. hoity-toity northerners. Hoity-toity liberals up in Salt Lake City who don't know anything about county commissioners. No, there is such a huge, huge difference between Utah County and Salt Lake County. I think people realize this, kind of, but I live in Utah County, have my entire life, and it is the wild, wild west out here. I can shoot my gun right now and nothing would happen. I could just shoot a gun, just to give you a sense. That's what the county commission is. You can shoot guns wherever you want. Uh, county commissioners are this, in the at least in Utah County, there's three of them. Uh, they're all dudes, of course, it's Utah County. And 
they make decisions on everything happening in the county, whereas Salt Lake County has a uh, mayor council system uh, where the, there's kind of some checks and balances. Uh, Utah County is governed by three commissioners and two of them, if they uh, vote the same way, have full control over everything. Uh, that happens in this county. So wait, so there's no county council then? There's no county council. It's fact, just the three dudes. Yeah, I was a part of this thing. So so I got a call from one of the county commissioners, I won't name who, maybe a year and a half, two years ago, saying, hey, we want, we're creating this commission to decide if we should change the Utah County's uh, form of government from uh, three county commissioners to like uh, something similar to what Salt Lake County has, which is a mayor council format. And I was on this commission with our uh, soon to be Lieutenant Governor Deidre Henderson, with uh, Mayor Kafusi, who would have been our other soon to be uh, Lieutenant Governor at Huntsman One, and a lot of, you know, big named Utah County people and somehow me. I'm like sitting there with like, uh, you know, the camo hat in the back. Uh, learning about all of this mm -hmm. and we held meeting after meeting i actually had to like swear myself in to uphold the constitution to be on this commission weirdest thing ever and we were holding i think at least a meeting a week maybe twice a week and they were long meetings and we all committed a ton of time to like really dig in we had a bunch of people come in and and testify i guess is what you say or at least um come in and we'd interview them they were all public hearings so people would come we did it all throughout utah county uh and, and her hearing all different viewpoints on uh the future of utah county and its form of governance and at the end we voted unanimously to move utah county to a mayor council form of government and away from a county commission which uh, mayor council is what we have here in salt lake county exactly what you have in salt lake county i think i think we would have had less council people i think you have seven in salt lake county i think utah county would have had five plus a mayor um i can't remember or maybe it was the exact same i don't know but we voted unanimously to move to a mayor council form of government uh, there was, and you know, the, the idea was that if, if this commission, it was all paid for and put together by these county commissioners, they, they're the ones who empowered this uh, to happen. Uh, we, we sent our recommendation to the county commission and there was one commissioner who said, nope, not going to do this. And he killed it. And his name was Billy. <laughs> Funny, because that's the same guy who's asking for this compassionate exemption. But Clint, you said that if two thirds of these commissioners, so two out of three want to do something, that thing will happen, right? So wouldn't him being opposed to it still have meant it would have happened? What he did, he did some like maneuver where he got um, on the ballot, like increasing the number of commissioners or something. He did something where uh, he wants he wanted to go from three commissioners to five or something. So he kind of killed it not by a vote, but uh, by some like weird maneuver. I actually can't remember what happened, but I know that it was him who who killed it, and he did it by like some weird legal maneuver. Um, Bill Lee's a problem in in Utah County uh, if you um, care about Utah County. To expand on that. Bill Lee has been, he's, he's a pretty far right guy. He really cares about um, holding power 
which which was my experience of him in this uh uh county council and you know what form of government should we take he's a nice enough guy i've met him a few times but um yeah the commissioner form of government's terrible you know bill lee has historically not been in my opinion uh you know looking out for the best of utah county he's been looking out for a pretty uh staunch minority of, of utah county uh for meaning what old years. school right wing yeah he's super far right uh which which i don't care about but um i care when it affects things like this and, and the the county commissioners have an insane amount of power. They have all the power that the mayor of Salt Lake County and the city council and the county council has, sorry, um, in Salt Lake County. They have all of that power, these three people. Yeah. To give you a sense. I mean, it, it's quite a bit. I mean, all the cities kind of report to them um, and, you know, need them for resources and all this different stuff. So so it's, it's a super big deal. And we just lost in Utah County, um, Nathan okay. Ivey. Yeah, who's replacing him? Somebody very similar to Bill Lee. Oh, boy. So there's Nathan Ivey, who, as you just mentioned, is being replaced. And we have Tanner Ainge, uh, who actually said that he does not support Bill Lee in asking for this compassionate exemption and that we should all wear masks and that that's the best way to keep people safe. Heading into the school year, um, I haven't heard anything from Nathan Ivy. Have you? Uh, my 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 sense is there's my sense is like they're not going. None of them are going to be for a mask mandate uh, countywide, even Tanner. Um, but I think Tanner, what Tanner's saying is like, hey, I support the governor and uh, the legislature's uh, directive on the school mask mandate. I think Tanner might be for a mask mandate if Governor Herbert came out with it, but he certainly wouldn't do that, I don't think, on his own. So the mask mandate right now is just for schools. There's yeah, which, not... which kind of makes no sense given that school's in, in session right now. I don't fully understand the why we're doing a mask mandate a month early. Um, but maybe I'm totally up in the night there and there's, there's an obvious reason for us to be doing that. Clint, uh, let me share with you just a small part of my frustration. Uh, we're all in this panic about schools and we have this window of opportunity to squash cases, right? We have what, six weeks less than that, but we have, we have time to get cases down. We just need everybody to do everything we can to do that, to stay inside whenever possible, to wear masks everywhere we go, to avoid unessential errands. And it just feels like no one's willing to do that, but they want everyone to go back to school. And some people want kids to go back to school without masks. Like you can't have your cake and eat it too, is how I feel about it. Yeah, it goes back. I mean, we've been having this conversation for a very long time since we started the show, which is uh, I have no idea how a pandemic got politicized. Yeah. It makes no sense that, that we're even arguing over this stuff, that it's even an issue or debate. 
um, around, you know, keeping our children and ourselves safe and the most vulnerable among us safe. I have no idea how this is a political issue. I'm very frustrated with where we are. Um, I, you know, part of Tanner Ainge is what he said in his letter was, you know, mandate might not work, but not a mandate isn't working. You know, like, well, a mandate really isn't working in Salt Lake County either. Uh, Salt Lake County cases continue to rise and they do have a mandate. So I kind of hear what he's saying. I think Tanner Ainge is a good commissioner. I think he really cares about Utah County. Uh, it'll be interesting because he and Nathan Ivey have kind of been on the same wavelength and have been able to really keep Bill Lee in check. Now that Bill Lee will have an ally and Tanner won't, it's actually going to be really interesting to see what happens in Utah County. Mm -hmm. Not enough people are talking about this. Bill Lee is up for re-election in 2022. Um, that should be something. If, if someone really wants to change the course of this state, I mean, the second largest county, and, you know, if you, if you believe – you know, projections within the next 20, 30 years, maybe the largest county in the state of state of Utah should not be run like this. This doesn't make a lot of sense. But um, back to your point around mandate versus not mandate. We've had this discussion a lot on this uh, show, a lot around what the government can do, what they can't do. And really what it all comes down to for me is leadership. It just seems like we're lacking in it. We're yeah, lacking in leadership. Yeah. Uh, there's kind of, I mean, I don't think it's a secret that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is kind of the leadership in the state to some extent. Um, and they sent an email this week to church members in Utah encouraging them to wear masks, saying that we need to be responsible, we need to wear masks inside and out, uh, we need to do everything we can to decrease the COVID-19 cases. And in my mind, that gives the governor a lot of political cover, um, all of these leaders a lot of political cover to not, maybe not necessarily mandate, but like really, really encourage people to wear a mask. But I, I don't know if it's working. What I are don't you know thinking? what political cover Herbert needs. I mean, he's uh, not going to be governor in January if, if he uh believed the mask mandate would help well um, no here's here's the political cover he needs sorry to cut you off but today he's meeting with Stuart adams and brad wilson mm. um senate minority and speaker of the house senate major majority leader and speaker of the house and they've both been against the mandate and i wonder if that's helpful in that conversation that they have the support from the church to encourage the legislature to give the same support. Ah, I see what you mean. Yeah, what we're, what we're experiencing in this pandemic um, is the limits of government mm -hmm. and what they can actually do. Uh, it's not clear to me that Herbert on his own can do this. Um, mm -hmm. I think the legislature could probably overrule him. So, so that makes sense to me what you're saying around political cover and, and them doing that. It's also not entirely clear to me that they can do it, period. Yes. Yeah. Um, and like, we don't talk enough about personal responsibility uh, in the middle of this pandemic. You have a personal responsibility. All of this is like, sure, do I think the government should mandate masks because it would lead to more people wearing masks? Absolutely. 
and want to raise awareness, sure, let's let's do that, and we'll figure out the constitutionality and have those battles um, in courtrooms and up on Capitol Hill all day long. But let's do the mandate. I would totally do the mandate. Uh, if anyone uh, ever put me in charge of anything, that's a, that's what I would do. But the reality is, there's very th- there's limitations to government, mm-hmm. and too often we look to government to solve all of our problems, and far too often we look to government for leadership. Look at the leadership the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints is showing and sending out that email. That has far more impact, I I believe, than even a mandate from the government. Um, because of the leadership they're showing and asking those questions. Um, And we're not talking enough about personal responsibility. You have a personal responsibility as a member of society to protect the most vulnerable among us, to protect our children, to protect yourself and your family and your neighbors and your friends and all over. And if medical professionals are saying, hey, uh, wearing a mask does that, including being socially distant and uh, practicing good hygiene, why in the hell do you need Governor Herbert to tell you that? I mean, excellent question. I wish there was an answer for why some people need that. Again, my frustration here is that because citizens have not taken personal responsibility, I personally am in a position this coming fall where there is no good choice for me and my family. Just completely selfish for Meg Walter. I am damned if I send my kid to school. I am damned if I don't. I can send my kid to school who might potentially have been exposed to COVID-19 and spread it around. I can keep my kid home and try and do remote learning, which will probably mean my kid's going to fall behind in their education. I don't have a good option. And I hate that we've arrived at this point when we could have all just sucked it up and done everything we can to stop the spread of COVID-19 by wearing our damn masks everywhere we go. And I think we still have an opportunity to do that, but I don't think people are willing. And I am so mad about it. So mad about it. Yeah. It's it's super frustrating. Um, And if, if in a month from now, things look exactly like they do today, Unfortunately, the responsible thing to do is to not send your kids to school. And it is insane that we have to make that decision. Yeah. Um, and again, it's a total abdication of uh, responsibility and leadership at all levels and in every sector of the state, not just government. So, Clint, you said we shouldn't rely on government, right? We're relying on government too much. But what do we do? when there are people who just don't seem to care, you know, like, I mean, what other option do we have other than to have government step in and make something a requirement to keep other people safe? That that's not a rhetorical question. That's a genuine question. I really would like to know, like, what are our options to get people on board with this who are reading Facebook all day and have determined that this is a hoax and that max masks are infringing on their freedoms. Well, just to clarify, I don't think we're relying too much on government. I think uh, we're realizing the limitations of government. Sure. Um, I think we would, uh, I think a lot of people would like to rely on government more. And I think a lot of people look to government 
and politicians and elected leaders for leadership. Yeah. That should be the role that they play. Yeah. And unfortunately, we live in a society where that's not the case. That's never been the case in my lifetime, where a politician or an elected leader is who I look up to as, a, as someone who uh, provides solid leadership and doesn't just play games with our lives. Um, I think, you know, the conversation, unfortunately, must turn to personal responsibility. And what you can do is wear your mask and, uh, you know, care about others around you. Uh, even if it doesn't work, it, uh, sure as hell, uh, doesn't hurt. So if you don't believe it works or you think it's a hoax, at least just do it because you live in a society. Um, so, so that's one thing you can do. And two, like on the school thing, which is an impossible decision. I mean, I'm, I have four kids. Uh, I have one kid who is, um, you know, compromised, um, to the point where we haven't really gone anywhere since yeah. this hit we really have not done anything and uh there is no way that i send my kids to school given yeah. the current situation if it looks like this a month from now because it puts my son's life at risk right and yeah. so admit that's an easy decision for 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 us given the dire consequences but the ramifications and the consequences of that decision are intense. I mean, look at everything we have to do as parents now. And if, you know, we're, we're fortunate in, in my household that, uh, uh, you know, my wife can uh, take on some of those responsibilities. But what do you do as like a single parent? What do you do as uh, both parents working? What do you do? How do you manage all of this? Um, it's real. It's a real challenge. Yeah. Uh, spring was a complete disaster for my household. Uh, we're lucky to have barely finished the school year. Uh, we really limped to the finish line there. I've been communicating with teachers the last couple of days because I'm working on a piece about this. Uh, they're as panicked as we are. There's no plan. There's nothing about what they're going to do if a student tests positive or a teacher tests positive or how they'll get a substitute or how they'll social distance. One teacher I talked to has last year in a normal school year, she had 35 students and 34 desks. They, we, we have already been asking too much of teachers as is. And now we're asking them to expose themselves every day to possible infection and do two jobs at once with in-class learning and remote learning. And I just feel like this whole situation is ripe for complete disaster. Yeah, it's really sad. And, um, you know, it's disheartening. It feel, you feel helpless as a parent. Uh, you're not cause, cause our kids want to go to school actually. Yeah. And the uh, teachers they, want they to be in be school with their friends. They want that social interaction. Um, and it's hard. And the challenges too. I mean, we're, obviously we've really localized this cause, cause Utah is seeing a spike here and uh, we're not seeing, uh, you know, the, the type of leadership or at least the, the type of consistent um, leadership that we would hope uh, both in the public and private sector uh, on this issue in the state of Utah. But if you look nationwide and worldwide, there's not a lot of great examples, period. Uh, I mean, Cal 
California just yet. Yeah, New Zealand, that's a, that's an interesting one. Um, there are some outliers on, on both sides, actually, um, of really you know terrible examples and really good examples. Um, you know, New York's governor telling uh, nursing homes that they have to accept COVID nineteen patients probably killed a lot of people. Yeah. It's actually pretty. It's a pretty big scandal. Uh, uh, California just shut down everything again a couple days yeah. ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the in the United States, I don't see a state that really stands out as a leader here or somebody who's really figured this out. And obviously the federal uh, response here has been a total disaster. That sounds to me like an opportunity for Utah to shine. Like, let's do it. Let's be the leader. Let's step up. Let's avoid having to shut everything down again by just doing what we're being told to do. We can do it. We just need people to get on board. Yeah, it seems like something Utah would be great at. And honestly, I thought we were doing great um, at the beginning of this. I still, you know, I still don't know. Um, you know, there's there's more widespread testing, but but it, it the surge is super crazy and it's a huge problem. And I think there's been failure at all. Like, I mean, the World Health Organization saying masks don't work as late as March. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of things that have just not been helpful in all of this. I don't think you can point to like, again, this is why it's so weird that it's been politicized. Yeah. Because I think there's been failure on almost every sector. I mean, the media at the beginning of all of this was saying coronavirus, uh, the flu is worse than the coronavirus. And don't worry about, I mean, uh, almost every turn, every sector you look at, I don't know that we've seen like, oh, this is a really, this, these people have really sh stood out. This industry has really stood out, except for like the healthcare workers and the doctors and nurses on the front lines who are just treating people. Um, Teens I mean, on TikTok seem to be thriving. There you go. The TikTok teens. They're doing great. <laughs> well, Clint, everything is terrible. Uh, and that's our show today. Please remember to... Wait, do you have something else? No. We'll be right. fine. We'll be fine. We'll be we'll be I fine. mean, here's, here's the thing, Clint. My family's probably going to be fine. You know, we might get sick. We'll probably be okay. We're healthy. But man, there's a lot of people out there who aren't as lucky as me and my family are, you know? And I just feel like those people are getting left in the dust. And it is a hard thing to watch. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I would encourage everyone to go up in the mountains like I am. Go in the mountains. Thanks for watching our show today. Please remember to subscribe to our newsletter. You can do that on the newsletter page of our website. It's Wednesday. We have a bunch of new content out on thebeehive.com. We have a great piece from Lindsay about knee-length shorts, among other things. We have some new podcasts, uh, Hive Mind. We talked about Selling Sunset. Why, though? Who knows? What did you guys talk about on Why, though? Uh, anything I would say is not appropriate. For well, this. there you go. For some X-rated content, check out Why Though. And we will be back next Wednesday. See you then. See you, everyone. Have a good week. We'll be fine. <laughs>